Welcome to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast, where we talk about topics and resources that help you lead more to reach more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. My name is Tom Bump, and I'm your host. Hey, thanks for joining me, my friends. I am looking forward to sharing this episode with you. I want to talk about silos today. Are they good? Are they bad? What do you do when you have them? What do you do when you don't really recognize that they're really there? What do you do when you're in denial of them? And then can they be good? We're going to ask that question and more on this episode of the Kids Ministry Collective podcast. So thanks again for joining me. This is brought to you by kmccoach.net. If you find yourself in a season where you'd like to grow, maybe you need to work through some of these silos in your own life and leadership. That's what a coach can do for you to help you get unstuck, to help you see your blind spots, to grow in areas that you didn't even realize you should be growing. If you're interested in a ministry coach, Maybe you've been thinking about it for a while, but you're thinking, I can't afford to do this. I'm not sure if I can handle it. Well, the new season of KMC Coach has started for the fall. There are several openings in, in uh, the calendar. And uh, if you are interested in it, you can schedule a free 30-minute clarity call where we'll walk through how KMC Coach works, uh, the exact journey that you're on, and, and we'll be asking lots of questions to learn about you and what you're looking for. And again, if we're not the right fit for you, we'll find someone. Uh, we have several ministry coaches that we partner with on a regular basis that we trust that we will recommend you check out and be a better fit for. So check out kmccoach.net to help you lead more and reach more in this ministry season. So let's talk about silos. What are they? How do we move pass them. Well, and not just pass them, but how do we work with them when we have them? Sometimes we can't change everything about our churches. And sometimes people feel like, oh, I'm in, there's a bunch of silos here and I just need to get out because I need to find another church without them. You know what? One of the things I've come to realize in my 35 plus years of ministry experience and growing up in a church, uh, churches, is that silos exist. I don't know if they'll ever truly not exist because we have age-graded and age-specific learning opportunities, and it naturally creates silos, but we can do them in healthier ways. So what do they look like? Well, I found this interesting definition by Pat Patrick Lencioni, who's an author and does a lot of stuff around ministry. A lot of people, maybe you've read some of his books, but he describes solos like this as nothing more than the barriers that exist between departments within an organization, causing people who are supposed to be on the same team to work against one another. So right there already explains when silos can be bad because of that last part. Barriers are always going to exist, and I wouldn't always call them barriers. They're just natural divisions, again, because in the church, we focus on age-graded content and learning and growth and discipleship. It's just the way it is. You could call men's ministry and women's ministry a silo. 
um, as well as children's ministry, student ministry, adult ministry, whatever, uh, senior adult ministry. <laughs> we have silos, but they could be differently and, and done differently, I should say. They could be good, but then again, they could be bad or even toxic and destructive. So what are some of the things that make silos in a negative way? Well, if they're there and they create isolation, if, if you're isolated, if you as a leader are isolated from other leaders, except for the only, you know, the one day a week you gather for staff meetings, there's a problem there. And your silo is probably a very, what I would describe a small door silo. Um, in fact, it's probably a door without a window because the only time your door is open is in staff meeting where you might share a little bit about what you're doing and what your ministry is working on. But other than that, you don't get involved in anybody else's ministries and they don't get involved in yours. Again, go back to his, his definition. It causes people who are supposed to be on the same team to actually start working against each other. And I don't know, sometimes it's not even we work against, we just don't work with. So silos are, are alive and well in our churches no matter what. But here's the thing. Again, if it's creating isolation, if you are isolated from the staff, there's a problem. If it creates competition, competition for budget, competition for volunteers, competition for uh, space on the website, on the social media, um, there's a problem there. Um, another reason that that silos can be bad is it also burns out people. It burns out leaders. It burns out volunteers. It burns out participants. It also creates conflict and tension, division. We've seen churches that have divided staffs who have broken apart because they let their silo doors become smaller and smaller. Pretty soon you had to have a password. There was no window on it. Eventually, it almost looked like the old-fashioned speakeasy where you didn't even know there was a door there to begin with. Silos can be dangerous, and they can be bad, and they can be toxic to not only the person that's in the silo, but to those around. What many churches, and what happens when, when churches fall apart and when division strikes it's because everybody has siloed up to the point where, again, nobody will let anybody have a look inside their silo, not even the senior pastor. Sometimes we put our pastors and our senior leaders in a silo. Be very, very careful, my friends, that the enemy doesn't let you get adversarial just because your senior leadership says no to something that you're working on or want to work on or no to your budget request. Sometimes we take no's and, and we build a silo wall around it and say, well, see, that's why I've got to stay in my silo because of this or that. Um, the youth pastor didn't help me in, in our children's ministry. They, they, they didn't get pushed the Bible school volunteers enough, and we didn't get enough students to volunteer. And so, well, I'm just going to have to, you know, get grumpy about it and, and let that burr sit in my saddle and I'm going to make my door smaller because I don't want the youth ministry leader coming around me. Yeah, it's interesting how those kind of things happen. Again, it creates conflict. It creates my territory, my space, my stuff. I've heard children's pastors say this at different times. Well, well the youth pastor came into my area and borrowed some of my stuff. Is it your stuff? 
there's a sure warning sign that uh, you've put a, a, a pretty small door in your silo uh, when it becomes your stuff, your territory, your space. Now, there's some of you out there that you have to share spaces. You don't have a choice, but you'll silo in other areas. And it can be very, very dangerous. Now, I want to talk about some good things about silos. Silos help us focus on age-specific groups, on different kinds of interests. They create focus. And focus is good because so many times our churches take the shotgun approach and we try to reach so many people that we don't reach anybody. And when we focus in on certain things, it's amazing how sharp we get and how good we get at doing what we're doing. It allows leaders to focus in and be great at one thing instead of good or average at many more things. Um, if it's done right, it can create healthy tribes. We need healthy tribes to retain volunteers. If, if you're losing volunteers, if you're struggling with volunteers, um, here's a hard truth to hear. Maybe it's you. Maybe you've created an unhealthy silo and they don't want us to be a part of it. If you're constantly complaining about other staff members to your team, if you're grumbling and griping because the youth ministry used a space and they didn't clean it up exactly how you would want it or reset it exactly how you want it, um, volunteers are, are people that work around us don't want to hear those things. That's not their problem. You've heard the saying, not my circus, not my monkeys. Well, it's true. Sometimes we as ministry leaders let that stuff leak out and, and that becomes dangerous. But on the healthy side, if we speak positive, if we're a team player, if we want our teams to serve together and partner together, we can create very healthy tribes. And those volunteers want to stick with us. If it's going to be a good kind of silo, it needs a big huge door where everyone is welcome to step into your silo, to come into your space, to serve, to partnership. You know, I was talking with a, a youth pastor recently who voiced some frustration of how they were constantly expected to have students going and serving in the children's ministry, but nobody from the children's ministry ever helped serve in the student ministry stuff. Now, again, it's a two-way street. I get it. I challenge this leader. Have they, have they ever invited the, the, the children's leader to come into their world, to come to their space? And they admitted, no, they hadn't. So it does run both ways. I would challenge you, and we're going to be talking about how do you make good silos <laughs> um, and these kind of things. This is one of those things. Find places that you can partner with other departments. That's again, this is part of the big door approach to silos. Make sure that everybody feels welcome. Make sure your senior leader, your direct report feels welcome in your space. I'll never forget, I had some pretty toxic, very territorial, very siloed uh, preschool workers. They were burned out and they had become very toxic and very, and literally I was a brand new children's pastor and found them to be very, very siloed with a very, very small door. And every time I walked down the preschool hallway, 
I felt this tightness in my chest. Like I was walking into a place that I didn't belong or I wasn't welcomed. Even though they told me when I was candidating in the place and visiting there, I would be, I would be welcomed and my ideas and my new ideas would be welcomed. It was very, very clear. I was not welcome in their silo. That was hard. I had to invite them and work extra hard at inviting them to come into the, the elementary space and, and to partner together with the elementary coaches because they had drawn such territorial lines. The elementary coaches wanted nothing to do with them. It took a long time to try to heal that bridge. Sadly, and eventually, it became very clear that those two had to take a break. And so we gave them a sabbatical um, because they just could not keep going they had drawn their doors so tight and so small that nobody was welcome as soon as we threw open those doors during their sabbatical we gained volunteers like crazy it was an amazing thing like we had thrown open and everything the fresh air just came pouring in so how do we make silos good well you start by partnering making sure that everybody is welcome and everybody knows what's going on I always said my my senior pastor never needs and should never get a history lesson, meaning finds out that what I'm doing after the fact that I've done it. He needs to be or she needs to be involved in, in the process and know exactly what's going on and when it's happening. Even if they're not going to be a part of it or come around it, they need to know. They need to know the good, the bad, and the ugly that's happening in my ministry because ultimately I'm there to serve them not myself, not to build my own silo as big and as large and as shiny as I can make it. My job is to serve the body of Christ and the, the under shepherd that is placed in on, on, on that's above me in leadership. So we have to be careful. So make sure that your heart says, I want to partner. Make sure your heart says, I want to serve the others in their silos. Where can I serve? Where can I help? Where can I partner? Keep very short accounts. If somebody comes in to your area and they didn't clean it the way it should, and that bothers you, then speak truth in love. Make sure they know the expectations. One of the things that I started doing in my church is I took pictures of every one of my classrooms and how the setup was. And they were that was stuck on the wall so that anybody that used it, whether it's adult ministry, children's youth ministry, uh, senior adults, didn't matter, whoever came into that classroom, because they were used by other groups, knew if they moved anything, this is the way it had to be reset for Sunday. Because it wasn't our custodian's job to reset all that stuff. We didn't have enough time for them to do that. So we expected if you use a room during the week to reset it. And you know what? It worked. People respected that they had the expectation and they knew that that's how it needed to be done. And you know what? It worked together. But I had to have a short account on a few occasions and say, hey, you didn't clean up. I found a ton of mess on the floor. Trash wasn't taken out. Tables weren't reset. And that really hurt my, my morning because I had to go reset all that and take it out and clean it. Not cool. I let them know. I wasn't going to let that be a grudge and wait for, for a couple of staff meetings before I finally let it burst out of me that I was angry about how they had misused the spaces that I was to steward. So 
how else can you make it good? Well, like I said, spend time with other leaders, asking them how their ministries are doing. And is there anything you can do for them? If you maintain a servant's heart, it's amazing how God blesses that and how you earn trust and credibility with other ministries. You know, I served with a with a youth leader who, when I was getting ready to leave, said, you know, I've worked with three other children's pastors before you, and not one of them ever spent time asking me about how things were going, how could they pray for me, and then showing up to a few of my events to serve, even when they weren't asked to, or volunteering and saying, hey, do you need any help? He said, not one of them ever did that before you. That was a big compliment. And it proved that my silo had a big wide open door because he also showed up to my events. He came. In fact, he volunteered to even come for a week of camp and had an absolute blast with our kids, which also bridged the gap and created a perfect bridge from our silo to his silo for our upcoming kids that were moving on the next season. It created a healthy silo format for us. So here's a few other things before we wrap up this podcast. Recognize that silos are going to be there for a reason, and it's okay. What you have to realize is, are there benefits to having them, and how do we keep the benefits strong? Assume that silos aren't going to be personal. Some people get personal about this, and they think that it's, it's, it's about them. Ministry is not about us. It's not about you. It's not about me. The work of the church will go on long after you and I are gone. We're expendable. When God doesn't need us, he'll take us out. It's not your ministry. So keep an open hand and keep those doors wide open. Maybe one of the things you can do is on a regular basis, take a step back and think about the big picture. Ultimately, how is your silo building the kingdom of God, the church body? How are we growing and discipling leaders who will move from our silo to the next silo to the next silo in a healthy way? How are we going to lead them to do that? How are we going to lead our tribe to serve in a way that they realize that they are one part of a greater huge kingdom size silo. My friends, we want to be healthy in our churches. We want to have healthy partnerships between ministries. I know children's ministry often feels like the ugly stepchild, the forgotten one, the under-resourced and under underappreciated one. Listen, we got to stop operating with chips on our shoulder. Do you have a chip on your shoulder? Have you been combative recently? Have you put people on the defensive? Are you not as receptive to serving in other areas, but you want them to serve in yours? Again, children's ministry leaders, if you want students in your ministry, then what are you doing to help your student ministry grow? Um, I'm going to throw in one more free tip. One of the best things I ever did. I know. Children's ministry leaders were short on volunteers, 
But you know what? So does student ministry sometimes. And I know you say, oh, they don't need as many volunteers. And they, they can do it for half or less a quarter of what we have to have. I get it. I get it. Our ratios are totally different. But you know what? Uh, one of the huge biggest wins I've ever had in my ministry life was when I recruited a couple of volunteers for my youth leader. My youth pastor was blown away when I said, hey, I recently interviewed a couple. I thought they were going to be great for our preteen ministry, but honestly, they would be better for middle school. They're just wired for it. And I think you ought to talk to them. Here's their information. I'd love to set up a, an email introduction with you two, um, or I'll catch you on Sunday and I'm going to bring them to you. He was all for it. So I took this couple, I introduced them by email. Then on Sunday, I took them down to the youth department, introduced them to our youth leader and said, I think this couple would be fantastic in the middle school department. And it turned out to be a grand slam home run. And guess what happened? My youth pastor, <laughs> he had a couple of volunteers that they were just not cut for that middle school ministry, but they were, they, they, he said, I think these would be great in your preteen ministry. And we basically swapped volunteers. It was a huge blessing for the volunteers and it was a huge win for us. Hey, look, it's only because we had big wide open doors on our silos that that was possible. We had a good working relationship I would challenge you, if you don't have a great working relationship with your youth leader or your senior leader, start taking them to lunch. Buy them lunch. Buy them coffee. Talk to them. Not just about ministry stuff. Talk to them about life, how they're doing, how their family is. What are their biggest challenges? What are they? Who are they reading? How are they growing? What's been one of the podcasts that they listen to if they're a podcast listener? Engage them. Don't wait for them to come to you. Open your doors. Go knock on somebody else's door and watch what happens. You'll find out. People want to come check out your silo. See the cool things that God's doing there. Well, I hope this has been helpful. And again, if you're stuck, if you're not sure how to do this, kmccoach.net. I've helped lots and lots of leaders figure out how they could build a bigger, better door for their silo that has helped impact not only their ministry, but their entire church ministry. I'm here to serve you and whatever we can do for you. So please reach out. Stay tuned for another episode of the Kid Ministry Collective podcast real soon. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective podcast. We hope that it's helped and encouraged you. If you would, support our podcast by continuing to share it with other leaders. And if you haven't already, hey, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We look forward to hearing from you how this podcast has helped and sharpened your skills and ministries. So let us know on your Facebook page or head over to kmccoach.net and share with us there. And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast.